Welcome to At the End of the Dave. And we welcome you back to At the End of the Dave here, episode four. Dave here with The Gecko. The Gecko. How you doing, Gek? How was your uh, Memorial Day weekend? It was great, Dave. Thanks for asking. It was nice and relaxing. Got uh, got some pool in, got some golf in, and of course got some sports in. And uh, you had a nice little trip up to Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went up to New England. It was it was wicked awesome. Uh, wicked awesome. Wicked awesome. So it was great. It was great. Uh, only thing that was was tough is we missed what what I found out to be after you know following it was a pretty good weekend of of sports over the weekend here mm-hmm. with the uh, NBA playoffs obviously dominating a lot of headlines but NHL dominating a lot of headlines about one hundred fifty thousand people at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and did you see that American kid across the pond? Did you see what he did? No. Christian Pulisic and Chelsea won the Champions League. Ah, first American Champions League winner. In uh, in football, as they football say. love. So we're excited to talk about it uh, on the program. But I mean, we're two guys who who at least yesterday I think we both collectively had a little bit of a case of the the Mondays mm-hmm. uh, with our our Knicks and Lakers respectively not uh, performing too well over the last couple of games. And you know, at least the Knicks have not looked good consistently in this series. But the Lakers, it's got to be a bit of a, a roller coaster of emotions right now. It sure is. Just you, you never know, you know, what's going to happen. It's all as it has always been, uh, been injury predicated. You know, the team's healthy. They're the better team. If they're not healthy. They're going to lose. And it was uh, this most recent game was no exception. Tale of two halves. It was uh, evident that Anthony Davis was not 100% going into that game. He toughed it out. He had that knee sprain that he tried to play on. He, and, did uh, you say he toughed it out or tucked it out? Toughed. Toughed. Tuft, tuft. I was like, what do you mean he tucked it out? Is he a gymnast? Yeah, no, no, no tucking, um, no tucking. He, he tucked it out. But the, the injury thing is it's kind of, you know, moving across the, the, the league a little bit. You know, Philly with Embiid going out last night in that game. You mm-hmm. know, not a lot of question marks about his fitness, and that changes the dynamic out in the uh, the Eastern Conference. And we'll be interested to see how, how that all plays out. But we got a great, great show on tap today. Obviously going to dive into a ton around the NBA and the playoffs, what's going on there between the Knicks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Bucks, the Heat, and fans alike. Obviously our daily segment on baseball with some really interesting things to get into and uh, some interesting NFL news to talk about along with some exciting NHL Game 7s, a curse up in Toronto, and, and obviously all the biggest news in the world of sports. So, Gek, do you want to do you want to kick it off here with, with a word on – as an objective sort of third-party watcher, what you think's going on with, with Julius Randle? Um, I mean, I guess you're a guy who knows him from his Laker days, but what's going on with Julius Randle? It's it's a really good question, Dave. And, uh, you know, I'm in a few group chats with uh, some Nick fans and, you know, just general sports fans. And I've watched all the games so far this series except one. Uh, and I think the reality is he's just missing shots. He was making at a, a way higher volume than anyone expected him to in the regular season. And it's really a shame to see the Knicks fans turn on him so suddenly. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty crazy that the guy led led the team to its first playoffs in what eight years he most improved you know you you said it yourself on this very podcast mvp candidate at times this year MVP candidate and all of a sudden all of a sudden there's 
without a doubt. And all of a sudden, people are like, you can't extend Julius Randle. You can't give him I the know, max. He's not, he's not. It's like four games, like for fuck's sake. Like, you know, can we, can we have some semblance of a reality check? Like, he was, he was overperforming this year, and he's had a few bad games. If they play, if they play ten games a series, he probably plays like himself six out of those ten. He just hasn't, Easily. he just hasn't shown up uh, so far. I'd be curious to see what he does. Uh, obviously, with the back against the wall in Game Five tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're not, you're not going to win the series without Julius Randle playing uh, like an MVP because the rest of the team just isn't talented enough, unfortunately. No, exactly. I, I completely agree. He's missing missing shots that he should be making. He was making at a high rate and. You know, the series is so interesting. It's three one, and it feels like in many ways, and they have. But the Hawks have have been dominating the Knicks throughout it. But it really easily could be a two two series now coming back to New York with home court advantage. So now we got to go out and we got to win three straight games. Uh, bright spot is R.J. Barrett starting to look a lot better. He's starting to attack. But unless the Knicks can do something about one Trey Young, I mean, this series is is getting over quickly. And I, and I don't want to you know start to declare it, but it might be getting over soon if the Knicks can't figure it out because the Hawks, just from a talent standpoint, top to bottom, are just so much better than what New York's putting out there night in and night out, and it, and it shows. And if Randall's going 4 of 25 three nights in a row, it's getting late early in New York. City that never sleeps is going to start sleeping soon. Very, uh, very astute. And uh, last last point on, on this series, I, I would just like to say Trey Young has played every bit like the superstar they thought he would be. It's been very impressive, but uh, I think the Knicks have uh, ha- have let him off the hook a little bit uh, on uh, on defense. Like you know, for all the great things Trey Young does on offense, he does not pretend to be a defensive player. In fact, he's very much a liability. And teams they just hide him in the corner. They just hide yeah, him in the corner. They just hide him in the corner. It's like how you're not hunting switches. You know, can you get some ball screens with Julius Randle with the point guard? Hunt some switches. Get him to back down Trey Young, and then you immediately get doubled get open looks it seems like a really easy solution and they're just not doing it whatsoever and you know he he's conserving all his energy for the offensive end and you know he's playing at maximum efficiency it's just this is exactly the kind of game plan that you try to implement over a seven game series because the guy gets broken down if you have to constantly Mm -hmm. be defending game in and game out and you would just kind of see that pick up by game five but it's not the case because they haven't been doing it so so how about this how about this how about this trey young First name? What do you think his first name is? Demetrius. Nope. Rayford. Rayford Trey Young mm. is his full name. All Rayford right. Trey Young. His father, Rayford, is well. I believe he's Rayford the third, which is why he goes by Trey. On a side note, and this is for our fans who are going to watch the game, TNT announced that Marv Albert and Reggie Miller will be at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks Hawks in Game 5. It could be the last game at MSG for Marv Albert, who's retiring at the end of this season. So you want to get one more game in, TNT tomorrow night, Knicks-Atlanta uh, Hawks. Um, should I declare it? Do you want to declare it? Should we both declare it? I'll declare it. Lakers, done. Capital oh. D. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna do that, but uh, you can have your piece. Yeah, I did my uh, I did my initial take on the Knicks. You can have yours on the Lakers. Oh, it's I mean it's 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 very obvious. I think that 
everybody's given them the the respect of LeBron James, which you know as most people most people should and, and would do. But the Phoenix Suns are just a far better basketball team. They're far deeper, and if Anthony Davis is not healthy and can't play at a hundred percent level, one hundred percent level being the key, then this series is is over. Um, DeAndre Eaton's been an absolute beast shutting them down, and AD's too injury prone to get back to the level where you can count on him to play 40 minutes a night and go at it 100% go at, at all times and you know they needed a, a monster performance from him in Phoenix to win that game and I think they're going to lose tonight uh, in his absence and another guy who you've always been bullish on and who's a friend of the pod Contavious Caldwell Pope he might not play and we're going to go to our injury correspondent Gecko here to, to get an update on that but Magic Johnson, 16 minutes ago, tweeted, these guys have to play well if the Lakers are going to win tonight against Phoenix. Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, Alex Caruso, Ben Malcolmore, and where is THT? He's the one Laker that can create his own shot. That's the whole tweet, Magic. So, so what do you think about that? Um, I think Magic Johnson's out of a job making personnel decisions for a reason, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give my uh, I'll give my quick quick take because uh, you know there's I certainly have a lot of thoughts, but I could fill an entire pod on uh, on the Lakers as we know. But uh, I do I do believe obviously it's there's there's no no doubt about it that the Lakers are not the same team without Anthony Davis. That being said. The Lakers were actually 12 and 8 this year uh, when LeBron was on the floor and Anthony Davis was out injured. They are objectively so 12 and 8, so they lost two series worth of games and only won three <sighs> series worth of games. Okay, very very good math there, Dave. Um, the point is, even when Anthony Davis is healthy, if you look at the on-off splits between LeBron and Anthony Davis, when LeBron's on the court, the Lakers win. Doesn't matter if AD's on the court. Doesn't mean if he's off the court. When AD's on the court and LeBron's off the court, they lose. I don't know what that says. Lakers but... with LeBron on the floor this series, 151 minutes plus 37. Lakers with LeBron on the bench, 41 minutes this series, minus 33. Yes, I will say LeBron was a plus, I want to say a plus 7 in game 4 in a game they lost by how many points? 10 plus? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty jarring. So I think the reality is LeBron looks healthy. He looks healthier than he's been in a while. Uh, definitely healthier than he looked in the play-in game. And if LeBron is capable of playing 42, 43 minutes, which he did back in February, he played 43, I want to say. Uh, and if he can do that, then I honestly am not too afraid. Like obviously, I'd rather have Anthony Davis on the floor because he can hunt mismatches much easier. But when you can give us a day and a half to game plan knowing he's not going to be on the floor, uh, I trust LeBron to come yeah, through in those situations. I, I trust Frank Vogel. It's one of the greatest basketball minds of all time. Frankie V, oh my goodness. Okay, well, that's actually a true statement, but I know you're being sarcastic. But the point is, we had a half a half time to completely change our game plan to uh, to know we weren't willing with a, without AD. That's why the third quarter was obviously very challenging because your entire style of play changes without AD if you're not planning ahead for it. So if they have an entire day to say, okay, we know we're not going to have Anthony in game five. We know we need to completely change our rotations. That's all going to sort itself out. And you saw in the fourth quarter even that the Lakers stumbled upon a lineup that was really solid. You play Marcus Hall a lot more minutes. 
KCP will be back. He said he was feeling a lot better yesterday. He should and will be back, which is huge, especially defensively against Devin Booker. He's definitely he's he's the best defender on Devin Booker by a mile on the roster. So uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't count the Lakers. I I, are the Lakers an underdog in Game Five? I would love to see that line because if they are, I would take uh, I would take the Lakers points even in Phoenix because uh, the Lakers uh, are going to be. Very prepared, and uh, even without Anthony Davis, I give LeBron the better benefit of the doubt every single time. Subject, but here's something: tonight in Phoenix, they're up in the capacity by another three thousand people. So there'll be about sixteen thousand in the crowd. It's been raucous in there the last couple of nights. So I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is like in Phoenix, Valley of the Sun, and a lot of people say a better game day experience than what they give you in Los Angeles. Uh, moving on here to the uh, moving on quickly here, Gertz to the uh, Clippers Mavericks. I don't know if our listeners can see the double shoulder shrugs that were just thrown my way, but so it was like we we're doing a little shoulder shrug situation. But um, Jekyll and Hyde, Clippers Mavs. You've seen a tale of two cities. Call Charles Dickens in here, if you will. Oh, very, uh, Clippers very astute. In Dallas. Thank you. Clippers playing better in Dallas, and the Mavericks playing better in Los Angeles, right? Clippers have been looking for a new home for a lot of years. Maybe they're better off in uh, in Dallas. Gertz, what do you think about that? Uh, I would pack their bags myself if it meant them getting out of Staples Center. What's the difference? What's the difference, Ben? Obviously, Kawhi and, and, and Pandemic Paul are playing much better, but mm-hmm. what's been the difference? Why are they playing better in Dallas? Why is Dallas struggling? Uh, well, first of all, it all, I mean, with Dallas, it all comes down to Luka, and he uh, was obviously hurt in uh, mm-hmm. Game 4 especially, but uh, I think Game 3 too. Um, you know, big yeah, drop-off from his performance. The next train is already being described as improved today with two full days off ahead of this game, so they're feeling yeah. like he's going uh, to be pretty good. So that's, that's number one. Luka's health determines the Mavericks' success by a mile. Number two, the Clippers finally realized they had Nick Batum on their team and he should play more than Reggie Jackson. It's just so silly and that he was basically benchwarming uh, with Zubach getting a ton of run. Like, this is not a series for a Beats Pizza Zubach. Uh, he was getting switched on to Luka way, way too much. Uh, and uh, you put Batum out there, he can switch much easier. You play a little small ball and... It, it was no surprise what the Clippers were doing on offense. It was literally just them running out like playground basketball saying, hey, Kawhi, hey, Paul George, go get us a bucket. And to their credit, they got them buckets. The Mavericks yeah. are not the best defensive team in the league by any stretch. That's not their, their specialty. But, uh, you know, when, uh, when the Clippers are making shots at that rate and Kawhi and PG are playing like the, the players that they thought they were getting uh, when they traded their entire future away to get them, then it's going to be tough for the Mavericks to come back. But uh, if Luka's healthy and uh, you know the Mavs hit some jump shots, then who knows? But uh, I think the Clippers finally realize that they're not going to let Luka beat them by getting switched on to Zubac yeah. 50 times yeah. a game. I, at least as an optimist, think that there's no way the Mavs lose four in a row. So that means that we're likely getting a Game 7 and... That reminds me a lot of what we'll talk about in a few minutes, but a team like Toronto and the NHL getting a game seven and with their past, you know, sort of where they've been, sort of the organization that they are. I don't know. I'd bet against Luka Doncic in a game seven situation. That's all I'm going to say on that. That's all I'm going to say on that, but I don't know that I bet against Luka Doncic in a game seven situation. Uh, well, we haven't seen it. 
so uh, I'd, I'd like to see it. I'd pay a lot of money to see a Game 7. And uh, we've seen Kawhi in a Game 7 situation. He's, uh, he's risen to the occasion before. And we've also seen Paul George in a Game situation, game 7 situation where he uh, hit the side of a backboard. So uh, I'm uh, very much looking forward to all of those things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch, and be honest, did you watch any of the Wizards-Sixers game last night? I watched two minutes of it toward the end, and I saw some highlights. But otherwise, did you, no did interest. You see, <laughs> did you see what they were doing to that, um, what's his name, the guy, the one who dated the Kardashian, Ben Simmons? Ben you see Simmons. what that, the hacka, hacka Simmons that they're doing, and they're passing the torch from Dwight Howard to Ben Simmons in terms of the, the hacka? I, I did not. I did see on Twitter that, uh, that fans were very up, upset about it, which they have every right to be. The guy's in his fifth year, and he still can't make a free throw. It's, it's yeah. frankly embarrassing. I don't know what so you what, say what about that. So what was happening, basically, and the Wizards had done it earlier this season as well, but you know, obviously once it's under two minutes, you can't intentionally foul a guy or else it's two shots and the ball back. So with like 3.30 left all the way down to two minutes, they were just fouling Ben Simmons off the ball every inbounds and worked out to be a great strategy. I think he shot 50% mostly as he was going through that exercise. Uh, but it also, like, the crowd was just getting so into it, and it was in a raucous Washington uh, building, which is really bizarre. You go you go to a game 3-0 when you've been dominated by a team that whole series, and there's only ever been one team to come back from down 3-0 in NBA history, and it's not gonna be this one i'll tell you that much it's not gonna be this one no so like i don't know like do you go to the game um well they haven't really been in the playoffs much i get if you're a fan you just want to you know you want to get on the action you want to feel like you're you know any excuse to watch live nba basketball is is a good thing uh the talent is great but moving forward especially if joel can't play I don't know. There's not a not a ton of incentive to watch uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, try to win win a game. So you for think you minutes. think that without MB, the Sixers should still roll through this easily? They're not going to lose four straight. I I I would would be absolutely stunned. I I would be more stunned to see that happen than I would to see. Uh, What's a what's a shocking thing? <laughs> like the Knicks beat the Knicks, yeah. winning the series and then beating the. It would be far. The, it would be far uh, less surprising to me to see the Knicks win three in a row and win win their series than to see the Wizards pull off three more wins. If they do that against this well, Sixers obviously. team, even without Embiid, like if you're like that, that's no 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 debate. Like no chance. No there's chance. no no, no chance. chance whatsoever. No chance. No chance whatsoever. And then the last thing before we, we we'll move on is that. You were saying, like, we were talking about fans, right? They would go to a game. It seems like they're going to a game these days now to, to, to provoke and to instigate and to create havoc and to be fighting. And I think we speak for, for both of us here. And, you know, you can speak for me and I'll speak for you. In fact, I speak for, for Jordan here. Okay, I speak for Jordan here when I say he does not endorse or condone any sort of malice at any arena and anything... That is against that we do not stand for. And I speak for Dave when I say he does condone that, and if anything, he'll be the next one to be arrested for one of these uh, no, ludic- ludicrous no, acts. Sir. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. I just like to stand and shout. That's all I do. That's all yeah, I it's do. important. Stand and shout. Stand and shout. It's a it's a huge part of the program. Um. All right. Well, let's move across the diamond. If that's okay. Sure. Did you see Jacob Degrom? Oh, I have one more thing. Back. I have okay, one more thing. Fine, fine. I have one more thing on on uh, the NBA before we before we get off. 
to all the to the, all the listeners out there who are upset with Kyrie Irving stepping on the logo in Boston, take your energy somewhere else. That's it. That's all. Take Glenn it. Davis, I'm looking at you. Like what a what a what an asinine thing to be upset about when the guy had a water bottle thrown at him. Absolutely, just go just go it's home. Crazy. We don't just have time for home. that here. All right, just go home. That's it. Okay. All right. Jacob DeGrom is back and better than ever. Gert, did you see his uh, performance last night at all? Did you get a chance to see Jacob DeGrom's performance at all? I did. I saw him uh, throwing 101 like seven times in a row and uh, mm-hmm. looking healthier than ever, looking more dominant than ever. And he's he's also hitting like 450. Yeah, <laughs> he's hitting 450. People are talking a lot, as they should, about this Otani guy in Anaheim. But there's a, a two-way player developing in 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 Queens, 0.71 ERA, 0.50 average. He's, I mean, he's raking, and he threw 10 straight 100-mile-an-hour pitches to start the game, which is what you had just said. He also threw his first curveball of the entire season last Mm. night, and according to the pitching coach on the Mets, his curveball is one of the best in baseball. His other pitches are just so good, he doesn't even need it. I mean, if I could throw 101 dotted on the top right corner of the zone, why would you throw anything else? Why would you do anything else? It's been 57 years since a MLB player, a pitcher, has carried an ERA this low into June. Point and, seven one into June. And somehow the more wild thing, he's got eight starts and only four wins. Could there be anything more Mets than that? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, for, thank, thank God he's hitting the ball well and driving some runs, and he's got seven RBIs this season because Somebody's he doesn't gotta, get any run support. None. He doesn't get any run support. Most 100-mile-an-hour-plus pitches thrown this season for starting pitchers. Jacob deGrom has 61, okay? Who's got the next most, and how many is it? Uh, that's a good question. Um... Okay, the first guy who was after him, Shane McClanahan with 10. Shane McClanahan with 10. He's a pitcher on the Rays. I'm and sure Chapman's up there. Shohei Otani with 9, which is only starting pitchers, by the way. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, it's just... It's just ridiculous. I mean, we could we could do a whole episode on Jacob Degrom stats. He only he averages leading in baseball thirteen point four pitches per inning. Okay, that's crazy. I mean, that's very 30, low. He's throwing, he's throwing thirteen pitches an inning. Yeah, that's why he's uh, he's so dominant because he's striking a guy out basically two out of every three. Was it two out of every three batters in an inning he strikes out or something stupid? Basically, basically, he struck he struck out forty six percent of the batters he's faced this year. Oh my god! Um, you know, I, I, as I told you, I could I could we could go on the entire day around this. But me as a fan, I get he's getting older. I get everybody gets older. They get more mature. They get you know they get married. They have kids. They settle down. They get a mortgage. Maybe not him. He's rich, but um, I miss the long hair. I do too. I do I miss too. The long hair. He's almost he's unrecognizable. Almost unrecognizable. It feels like. Like, Stindergarten, a ton of ways, is, like, maybe overcompensating. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's starting to look like, he, you know, you got to put him in, like, an Old Spice commercial or something. <laughs> he's looking like uh, Thor in, uh, in Endgame when he got all fat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's got a little bit of that in there. So, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, no, I remember it's, when it's... those guys were, were young, just like some of these young guys in the game today. It's, there's a, we talked about on the last episode how in the NBA there's been a massive changing of the guards literally happening if you look at the young talent in the league. But you know where else it's been happening? Like really happening? 
Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And you start to go through all of these statistics, but especially around home runs, Vlad Guerrero Jr., 16. I think he's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Adolis Garcia on the Texas Rangers, a rookie, 16 homers. FTJ, 16 homers. By the way, I don't know if that's a nickname for him, but I would be interested to try and make it one. Um, and Ronald Acuna has 16 homers. Yeah. All those guys are under 23 years old. It's it's unbelievable, and it's it shows the uh, the philosophy these days about launch angle. That's how guys are training. They're you know trying to just hit the ball out of the park exclusively, and uh, they're really good. It turns out when you're really strong and you can play baseball and hit a hit a ball with the bat, square it up, it's going to go out of the yard. So <laughs> that's some of the, that's got to be some of the best analysis I've actually ever heard. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, hard, hard, hard-hitting analysis on the end of the day. It turns out when you uh, are good at baseball and you can square up the ball on the bat, then uh, it goes out of the yard, and yeah, you it's, won't it's, get that anywhere spot else. On. It is spot on. It is really spot on. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see kind of now we're getting into the, the dog days of summer here, and a lot of divisional races heating up. Uh, Dodgers still trying to creep into relevance. The Yankees are in the midst hold of... Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Just the Dodgers trying to creep into relevance? <laughs> yeah, they have the fir- third... third. With that statement? I, I don't know. What, I don't even... I, they have the third Dodgers best record are, in the league. I'm just, I'm just purely looking at, at the standings here. Dodgers third place in their division. Meanwhile, the Mets are in first. And the Cubs are in first, so they must be, <laughs> if so facto, they must be That's teams. true. You know, if the season ended today, they would be in the wild card. So that's, uh, that's tough, I tough know. sledding. Yeah, that's... yeah against, against the Padres, who are a game and a half up. I do have a, with a, a bone With a better pick. run differential, by the way. I have a bone to pick with, uh, pick with just standings in general. Sure. What if there was a situation in which we're basically we're basically there? I mean, because the the two worst teams in the NL West are bad, but the three best teams are obviously elite. You have a situation where the three teams in the NL West very possibly could have the three best records in the entire National League, but two of them are going to have to play in the wild card game, and the two division winners get a pass. Why I mean, is look, that man, a you thing? Gotta, you got to play. You got to play within the confines of the game. I'm sorry. You got to play within the confines of the game. That just that's just a silly a silly thing because you're punishing teams for being better and I don't like it okay. and I get I get you play teams in your division more often and this just the reason like such a guy who doesn't think the Dodgers are going to win the division and frankly it's no I fully expect us I fully it's expect unbecoming us to win the division of you. it's unbecoming I fully expect us to win the division no, Cody Bellinger came back Cody Bellinger came back and he's playing a fantastic center field gavin lux ever heard of that guy two home runs last night oh oh so all the, all of a sudden the dodgers are going to be like uh like a like a tv show from 20 years ago and be saved by the bell injure that's very fun i like that Thank can you. we Thank can, you. new you. segment on on at the end of the day saved by the bell injure <laughs> but also by the bell Ooh, dave by the bell injure very good. I like that. <laughs> also, last note on the Dodgers. Who uh, fans out there? Uh, please, please uh, tweet us, comment uh, on uh, what did you think of Chris Taylor's at bat? Oh my mm-hmm. God, that was the at bat of the year. Not just on the Dodgers, but in if you Major were at League the Baseball. Stadium, and you were like, okay, like I'm, I'm gonna go pee just like right after this at bat. <laughs> and then you just I tell you what, like you'd have to minutes. sit for a while. <laughs> it was at least <laughs> a five minute. It was at least a five minute at bat. 
I assume. Yeah, it was. It was. It was electric. It was electric. And shout out Joe Davis, a uh, fellow uh, member of the media. He's uh, he's excellent. Just the best best local announcer in baseball. That's no no cap yeah. no cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it's everyone's favorite time here. We're gonna get into the the closing bell. A um, couple of potential subjects include. NFL, 100 days out from opening game. I think we're both pretty excited about that. As two guys who love pigskin, we love wings, we love beer, we love sports. Sports! So pretty exciting. Uh, one word answer, where does Aaron Rodgers go? Stays. Stays. Good answer. Because he's, he's not a free agent, so he doesn't really have much of a choice. He has no leverage. He's <laughs> got no leverage. Uh, one word answer, where does he go? Julio Jones. Arizona. Chargers. Okay, both have a little bit of uh, itch to get out west. And it, who what wouldn't? Is 18, what is who it? Eighteen forty-nine. We're going the gold rush again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just some classic Dave humor you get on this pod. That is very very funny. Uh, Derek Rose should they should build a statue out of Derek Rose outside of uh, Madison Square Garden? I think for his performance the last couple games. I mean. It's not even vintage Derrick Rose anymore. This is just what Derrick Rose is. This is what we've said since day one on the podcast. We've always been huge fans, so we're excited about what Derrick Rose is doing. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's very next to to build statues for for guys who lead teams to first round exits, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is where they're probably coming. So, uh, yeah, I support that one hundred percent. Yeah, tough go yesterday for the Liberty. Moved to five and two on the season with an overtime loss. To who else but the Atlanta Dream? Ah, ah those, those dreams. Cooked the Liberty for 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists. She almost had the, I think, 12, 13th triple-double in the history of the league, which is exciting. Uh, Sabrina had a really rough night in Atlanta, which I guess Atlanta has become like the kryptonite for New York sports here. Uh, Sabrina 6-5-3 on 40 minutes of playing time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was not her best performance of the season. Very bad. In closing, I think we've all seen what happens when Atlanta teams go up in series, go up in games, uh, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, or hockey. They tend to lose it uh, with the Thrashers actually leaving the city of Atlanta because they were just so bad. Um, But I think that there's hope for the New York Knicks here, and I'm going to go on record, even though I said earlier that the series is over, Knicks in seven. Uh, I'm going to say Hawks in six. I think the Knicks win tomorrow night. Uh, there's a clear recipe. I just need to see it in action. But, uh, you know, Knicks win tomorrow, lose on Friday. All right. Well, with that, we thank you guys for tuning in to episode four. Uh, if you are new to the show, thank you for coming along. To our international viewers, we will get to our soccer coverage next week. <laughs> <laughs> shout out uh, shout out uh anyone in the uk who came exclusively <laughs> for soccer coverage and they got one line on christian pulisic and chelsea <laughs> at least we covered it really because i think it's the yeah, last episode you gotta get it yeah that's true keep them guessing the when we're gonna one, get the coverage like the very last segment but we will start next episode with uh a word on the state of soccer um just one single word <laughs> I can't wait for that. I know our our viewers uh, will be anxiously tuning in. Agreed, agreed. All right, well, um, I'm done. Are you? Yeah, I feel really good about it.
to be honest. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next time at the end of the Dave.